gentlemen, welcome to America's Auto Enthusiast Program. This is Auto World. And now, here's your host, Bob Long. Get ready, because here we go with another great hour straight ahead here on Auto World. Dan Watson, the CEO of TheLoopPage.com, will be with us, as he is every week at this very same time on this very same station or live on GCNLive.com. Anytime Dan is with us, I always learn a whole lot, and I know you folks do as well. When it comes to being an expert in the realm of lubrication, that's what Dan is with more than 25 years worth of experience and uh, just an incredible wealth of knowledge across the board. You can learn a lot and save a lot of money by uh, talking with and and listening to Dan each and every week. Telephone-wise, if you'd like to call in with a question, we'll put you at the top of the list at 855-660-4261, 855-660-4261, or via the email bob at autoworldradio.com or Dan Watson at thelubepage.com. Well, let's uh, let's get right to it. I've been waiting all week to talk to this gentleman and find out some more great, valuable information. He is one of the largest Amsoil distributors in all of North America, and here he is, Mr. Dan Watson. Dan, thank you so much for your time. Great to be in here on this nice Sunday evening, Bob. Absolutely, and thought it might be cool for you to remind folks about uh, buying Amsoil Factory Direct at discount prices. A lot of folks may not be aware of this. Well, it's one of the things that I think Amsoil offers that sets them kind of to the side is that everyone looks so many times at the cost of uh, quality synthetic lubricants, and they go, well, that's uh, pretty expensive, right? Well, actually... We do have a program, which is a factory direct uh, preferred customer program, it's called. It's kind of like being a member of Sam's Wholesale, <coughs> excuse me, or Costco, where you pay an annual fee and uh, you're set up to buy at a discount level. Now, in Amsoil, that works for uh, $20 a year for an annual fee to send you a magazine, get you registered, all that kind of stuff. You get a monthly magazine. And then you buy at approximately, uh, give or take on different products, about 30% off of the standard retail price that's listed for Internet sales when you go on the website. So it's a good deal. I mean, <laughs> excuse me, I got a little cough tonight, Bob. If you... Um, if you look at when you're buying a case of oil that might cost $120, $130 for maybe $140 for a case of 12 quarts of premium synthetic oil from Amsoil, well, if you knock that down by $30, uh, you're saving yourself a good deal of money. Yeah. Recently, they offered uh, a free shipping option that if your order is for or more, it'll ship freight free anywhere in the United States or Canada. So that's a pretty good deal. I mean, if you're really going to buy these products and and buy any any quantity at all, then that's a way to save some money. And, hey, you know, most other oil companies uh, that sell comparable products offer nothing like that. There's no option to try to go factory direct for a better price. 
that's definitely something we need to to remind folks from time to time about because as you just pointed out you can save a significant amount of money and and get the great products from Amsoil direct to your door so well i would uh, i would encourage people if they hear me on the radio to uh give me a chance to be the uh, they're what we call in the business their sponsor for that preferred customer membership because then they get my advice and my recommendations just absolutely free of charge. And uh, most of the people that I've had for years that have been customers, even today, they continue, uh, even though they, they're quite familiar with Amazon, they have been using it for years, they'll still call me off and on and say, hey, I got a new vehicle or a new a piece of equipment, I'm not absolutely sure which one of the Amazon products would be best for this application. And, hey, they get my advice free of charge. You can't beat the price and you can't beat the advice. There's no question about it. As I said, Dan has more than 25 years of lubrication uh, experience. He also was a naval nuclear propulsion specialist and uh, has really just an incredible amount of information to help you folks out. So if you're hearing Dan for the first time or if you're hearing him, uh, if you've heard him in the past, don't be a stranger. Participate. We'd love to get you in at 855-660-4261, 855-660-4261. In the last couple of weeks, Dan, I've, I've gotten a couple of inquiries about folks wanting to start their own AMSOIL business and might be a good opportunity for you to remind folks how that they can get in touch with you and you can help them. Well, yes. The one thing in that is that uh, I would uh, encourage people that are interested in looking at the AMSOIL business opportunity to email me, call me, get in touch with me because you need to know the ins and outs of that, and uh, you have it's in your best interest to have a very good, highly qualified sponsor that can actually help you, coach you, mentor you, and, and answer both technical and business questions and really give you some help getting into the business and getting going because it's a terrific business for a very low startup cost, and uh, you can get involved, and that's what happened to me about 28 years ago, and... Uh, I just can't uh, thank Amsoil enough for the opportunity. It's been a terrific uh, ride all the way through. And so if you're out there and you're looking and you want to try to start some business on the side, you don't have to quit your day job in order to start your Amsoil business. And uh, you just need to make sure you get hooked up with somebody that can help you and that they're they're not just going to get you signed up and then that's the end of it. So, um Hey, I've got references and, rec- and people that would recommend me. So if you're interested in it, get in touch with me, and I guarantee you we can get you moving. And uh, telephone-wise, remind folks about the best number to, to get a hold of you, Dan. It's always easy to get me at 800-370-2986. And as Bob says every week about that, uh, don't be surprised if you don't get me on the call, but please leave the message with your name, your phone number, and your subject of what you're looking for or asking about. And I don't think I've missed getting back to anybody any time recent. The only time would be if something goes wrong with the phones. I always get back to you, but 
believe me, I, I am a busy guy, so it might take me 24 to 48 hours to get back to you, but you'll get a return call. And that's for sure. And, of course, you can always email Dan, Dan Watts. TheLoopPage.com. Telephone-wise, we'd love to hear from you here at 855-660-4261 if you have a question about anything in the realm of lubrication and synthetics. We'd love to hear from you. And it doesn't have to be automotive-related or truck-related. It can be marine-related. It can be uh, power equipment of, of multiple sources, or it could be ATVs, off-roading stuff. Uh, if it takes oil in some form or another, uh, it uh, definitely can be discussed here on Auto World with our man, Dan Watson. And we've uh, got a bunch of questions that have piled up over the last couple of weeks. And when we come back on the other side, we'll begin with uh, Terry in Salem, Massachusetts, and then we'll move on to a gentleman from Atlanta, but we would love to get you in via the telephone, 855-660-4261, 855-660-4261. Give us a call and we'll help you out, there's no doubt about it, this is Ottawa. Giving your radio a broadcasted tune-up. This is Auto World and your host, Bob Long. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Dan Watson is with us from TheLoopPage.com. So if you've got a question about synthetic versus conventional oil, we would love to hear from you. Uh, If you have a question about... uh, Anything in the realm of diesels or CVT transmissions, or if you have a question about some other type of equipment, uh, snowblowers, lawnmowers, ATVs, motorcycles, scooters, whatever you've got, uh, we can help you out. 855-660-4261. Throw a quick trivia question here, a Corvette question. The Corvette disappeared for a while during the 1970s and 1980s. What was the year that the Corvette returned in convertible offering form for the Chevrolet brand? And uh, again, this would have been, it was cut in the 70s and it came back in the 80s. Whoever comes up with the answer to that question, we got a cool prize from the busted knuckle garage. But we've got a question from Quentin. Uh, no, we'll take Terry first. Terry's in Salem, New Hampshire. And Terry writes to us, if petroleum oil is highly refined and has the correct additives, why can't you extend the oil change to as long as synthetic oil? It's a good question. It's logical, but there are some very good reasons why not. Well, the problem is that the base stock, <clears throat> when it is petroleum, it can be uh, easily susceptible to oxygen. I've, I've tried to explain this before, and for the folks out there, we don't want to become chemists or anything, but recognize that oxygen in our atmosphere is a very reactive element. That's the reason why the uh, what they call uh, chalking paint on the side of a house actually chalked. It's because the oxygen is 
oxidizing the surface of the paint and eventually little chalking things come off. And that's the way they make some of those flat outside paints are intended to do that. Uh, when you have rust, it is usually a some form of oxygen uh, participating within that rust, making something of an oxidation to start the process. So oxygen is just a reactive uh, element, and it's going to react with a lot of things. Now, the hydrocarbons that are in that petroleum base, they are very susceptible to oxygen reacting with them. So what do we do about that? We can't just have the oxygen. By the way, oxidized oil is usually called sludge or varnish, okay? Forms a couple different things there when the oxygen gets in and does its thing. So we've got to do something to stop that. In petroleum oil, what we use is a um, oxid, I can say this right, oxidation additive. And that additive is designed to basically protect the petroleum hydrocarbons from reacting with oxygen. However, that additive reacts with the oxygen instead. So you can imagine it if you had, it's sort of like the little thing of, of playing toy soldiers. If you had 100 soldiers lined up to protect you against the evil oxygen soldiers and they kept picking them off, pretty soon you run out of little soldiers and now you're being attacked. So what happens in the oil is that you can put enough additives in there to protect it for a period of time, but it's going to use up those uh, oxygen stabilizers, and particularly when the oil gets hot. When the oil gets really hot, it becomes much more susceptible to oxidation. So you start having to use a lot more oxygen stabilizing agents to protect it. And when it runs out, it's going to oxidize quickly. And when it oxidizes quickly, it's going to get real thick, it's going to turn into sludge, and it won't be any good. Now, when you move over to synthetic oils that are properly formulated, okay, they are inert. What does that mean? It means they do not have any reactivity to react with oxygen. So you don't really have to stabilize the base stock with an oxygen stabilizer to prevent it from being oxidized because virtually it doesn't react. Now, true, all of them, somewhere out with the, with the force of heat breaking the bonds and so forth, eventually it will start reacting some with oxygen. But compared to petroleum, that's probably going to go eight times eight to ten times as long as the petroleum base stock before it, it becomes reactive with oxygen. So when we look at this question, it says, why can't you just run this petroleum oil long just like you do the synthetic oil if you put enough additives into it? Well, that question is actually true, but you'd probably have to put a you know an equal quart of oxygen stabilizing chemical to a quart of hydrocarbon base stock for it to be able to go the distances we're talking about. It just can't do it. It is a natural uh, refined product that is reactive to oxygen in its natural state. So we have to put oxygen stabilizers in it to, to stabilize it, and those stabilizers will run out. When they do, it will become very reactive with oxygen and become sludge and varnish. The synthetic, uh, in fact, there's different levels of synthetic, but let's just say in general, 
The properly formulated synthetic is inert, means it does not react with oxygen, and it will go a long time before it has any uh, reaction with oxygen. So does that answer make sense to you, Bob? Yeah, it most certainly does. And, uh, you know, there's nothing like technology, and you can certainly see what it's done to so many different industries and the automobile industry. It's just been revolutionized with the power of today's computers, with the chemistry that's available for scientists. Uh, It truly is, as I've said many times, this is the golden age. Well, and and the thing about the lubricants, I tell people just exactly what you're saying is that we're not driving your great-grandfather's car, so we don't need to use your great-grandfather's lubricant, okay? The lubricants have been uh, modified, uh, enhanced, and improved significantly over the past 50 years, and so we need to make sure that for these marvelous machines that we drive, that they also have the correct marvelous oil to protect them. That's why big companies like Toyota... Uh, they are synthetic bumper to bumper, and every car that comes off their finished line is going to have synthetic in everything that gets lubricated. So this is the future. All these cars in the future will be 100% synthetic. And it, the ones that aren't now, it's probably just a choice to try to, they think sometimes that the consumer would be put off if you told them that they had to use synthetic engine oil. So because all of the car companies would recommend it bumper to bumper, except some don't think it would be a good marketing thing to do that. Very good, Dan. Absolutely. Very interesting question has filtered in, and uh, this one is from Atlanta, Georgia. When we come back on the other side, we'll field that one. We still got the trivia question out there. It's an easy one. And we'd love to have you solve the riddle. The Corvette convertible went away in 1975. And it didn't return for a while, but it did return. And, of course, you can get a new Corvette today at 855-660-4261. 855-660-4261, plus all your lube questions. Yes, we are back here on Auto World. My name is Bob Long. Dan Watson joins us from the loopage.com. And we got a question here from a gentleman in uh, Salem. No, we, we got the gentleman in Salem, New Hampshire. We had Atlanta. Yes, it's uh, Quentin in Atlanta. And Quentin writes to you directly. Uh, Dan, uh, do you recommend oil additives? Are they worth the money? Boy. I have to make sure that I disguise my voice, you know, so <laughs> the oil additive guys don't come after me. But uh, if you have a properly formulated oil, uh, they're usually worthless, okay? Uh, now, you can have some of these oils that are so cheap in their their additive package that if you put in a uh, an oil additive, for example, at one time, I haven't looked at it that close, but FTP used to have a, an oil additive, which was really just extra additives that would be in regular oil put into a 30-weight uh, uh, base in the bottle, and you poured that in, and what you were doing, you were enhancing the additive package, those oxygen stabilizers, anti-wear additives, and things that should have come in your original oil, but they didn't, so... You put that in, yeah, you could get some improvement in the actual uh, performance. Now, 
unfortunately, we've had lots of crazy stuff out there on additives. And what you have to understand as a consumer is that there is no American Petroleum Institute or Consumer Protection Agency that tests and verifies additives. In other words, you can look on a quart of oil and it'll say that it has a classification rating according to the American Petroleum Institute. The current one is SN for gasoline engine oils and CK4 for diesel oils. But if you look on those additives, there's nobody certifying them because nobody takes responsibility for them. So in the truest sense, those products are buyer beware because Nobody else is saying that stuff does anything except the people that put it in the bottle. Now, they might have a conflict of interest in telling you that that's the finest stuff. They kind of remind me of when you see the old um, Gunsmoke Westerns and stuff like that, and some guy will come into town with a wagon, and it's got Dr. Uh, Jones, a super elixir or something, and, and everybody laughs because they know he's selling, you know, some kind of... Uh, Marvel stuff that is nothing really except something mixed up in the in the wagon. So you really have to be careful with this stuff. And they sell a lot of these kind of additives. And I just tell the customers, if you buy a properly additized quart of oil that it, you can rely on, um, it will do the job. And a lot of times those additives may even interfere somewhat with its proper function because remember you can only get so much stuff to the surface of the metal to actually perform a lubricating uh, duty in that place it's sort of like there's only so much room on the surface and you want the stuff the proper stuff to be on the surface of the metal to give lubrication and if you get some other stuff coming in there that's not really that good and it removes some of the stuff that is good then you could have less lubrication than you had before you started so You've got to be careful. That's all, that's all I can say. I will say this. I do not think they're worth the money. I think you're wasting your time with most of them. I think that the PTFE products in particular, the Teflon products, are just completely useless. Even the company that makes the Teflon, DuPont, came out with a letter years ago that said that you can't really plate or do anything with this Teflon on a surface, unless that surface is acid clean of all petroleum residue, and then you heat it to 700 degrees, you might get the Teflon to actually plate out there. Otherwise, it's just flowing through the system as a very, very fine particle, and more times than not, it clogs up oil galleries and starves bearings for oil. So, not a good thing. So. I don't recommend additives, and uh, I think that anyone that's going to use an additive should do their homework and really check those things out before you use it because sometimes they can be detrimental to the, the health of your engine. I'll just let it go with that. So what do we got next, Bob? All right, what we got next here, Dan, is my computer giving me some trouble, so here we go. We've got Portland, and uh, John is listening in Portland, Oregon, KPAM, and he writes, uh, do European cars use different oil than AMS oils uh, than American cars? Um, and let's see, let's see. 
I have a BMW and my wife drives a VW TDI. That's the turbo diesel that is so very, very well done. What about those European vehicles compared to traditional American vehicles, Dan? Well, his question, you could look at it and answer it two ways, actually. The first you could say is, do they use different oil? No, it's the same hydrocarbon-type oil. But then again, yes, it is rated differently, so it has different requirements. In the United States, we try to do an API rating of one shoe fits all. You know, API SN, that's going to be everything (coughs) that's required. Unfortunately, what that gives us here in North America, it gives us a minimum standard, because that's what the API SN is. It's a minimum standard you have to meet for the oil to meet the classification required by the manufacturers in in the cars that they call it for. Now, the Europeans have five levels of oil certification, not one. So you may have a, call it a fifth-level, top-of-the-shelf requirement for a Mercedes where you might have a uh, lower certification of oil that they're running in a Renault or something. I'm not picking on Renault. I'm just saying that the different manufacturers can call out different levels of performance they want. And that performance includes such things as being compatible with the super expensive pollution control systems that are on these European cars. They have very, very uh, tight standards for pollution control, so they've put some sophisticated exhaust systems on these cars, catalytic converters and a variety of other types of things. And so what happens is if the oil's not compatible, they're saying you could get some of the zinc and phosphorus carried over into those systems, poison those systems, and then you'd have to replace them. And I know one particular case with a Mercedes-Benz that it was over $20,000 to replace the exhaust system because somebody had run some really cheap oil that carried over into the secondary. So the Europeans have a different standard. It's called the ACEA instead of the API. Now, sometimes we can cross over and, and cover that with some of our API ratings. In some cases, we can't. So what you have to do is be careful to follow your owner's manual for those European cars for the recommended oil that you can use. Now, I'm not talking about a name brand. I'm talking about the recommended classification. And uh, a lot of times they may have that ACEA rating in there, or they may have crossed it over if there is an American or North American spec that will satisfy it. But if you have a European car, you need to make sure that you're using a European certified motor very well said. Liz in Florida will be up next, and we're getting some um, guesses here on the Corvette when it came back. 1984, no, not correct. 1982, not correct. 1981, not correct. 855-660-4261. Give us a call. This is Auto World. I'm Bob Lott. Giving your radio a broadcasted tune-up. This is Auto World and your host, Bob Long. 
Have you heard the story? If you've got any lubrications questions for Dan Watson, now would be a great time to get in. 800-555-855-660-4261-855-660-4261. Bob at AutoWorldRadio.com. Also have the trivia question above. The Corvette convertible went away due to safety concerns for model year 1975, but made a triumphant return a little while later. What was the year of the return of the uh, Corvette convertible? 855-660-4261. Now we go to uh, Liz in Florida, and she writes us, Can I use regular oil in my inboard, outboard ski boat? My neighbor says I have to use marine engine oil and I don't understand why since it is a GM 350 motor just like the one back in my truck please settle this argument so she's got a little bit of an argument with a neighbor on this well this is an area which uh, bears a little light shall we say exposure Um, a lot of people will just go down to the parts store buy some uh, motor oil and use it in their 350 uh, GM marinized motor that's in that ski boat or any other boat that has a regular uh, V6 or V8 engine that's with an outdrive. Pretty common setup on a lot of boats. Here's the problem. When you drive your car, everybody think about this for just a minute. The car's got this wonderful transmission. As we know, Bob, some of them today go up to 10 gears. They've gone crazy. It's got so many yeah. these transmissions. And they're wonderful instruments because your car can be driving down the road at 70 miles an hour and be doing 2,000 RPM or less, sometimes maybe mm-hmm. 1,800. All right. And so that would be your long distance. You take off and you're driving from uh, 200 miles from one city to the next and the average 2,000 RPM for that period of time. Well, you take that boat, and I know all you guys out there driving boats, you have to admit it, you got two speeds. Stop, or idle, if you will, and full blast. I don't, there's just none of you that run it in the middle, you know. So you're either doing 750, 800 RPM, or you're doing 4,500 to 5,000. And if you're running any distance, pulling skiers, whatever you're doing, you may do that for 20, 30 minutes at a time, then drop those skiers, pick up some more, and go for 20, 30 minutes again at 4,500 or 5,000, or some of these boats even run 5,500. It depends upon what the engine is and so forth. So here's the difference. I can't expect the same lubrication quality to protect a... 350 engine that I now want to run at a constant 4,500 RPM versus one that I'm running at 2,000 RPM. And to make these motors actually work, they are what they call marinized, what the company like uh, Mercury or, uh, you know, Outboard Marine, whoever these guys are, they bring these motors in and they put a different camshaft system in them because we would have called it back when I was a kid, oh, you got to put a racing cam in or you got to put a, we call them a three-quarter racing cam or, you know, these different things. And what it just means is that the valves have to open and close, and you ha- can't float the valves, meaning they never got closed. So you have to use a system 
where the camshaft is capable of operating the valve correctly even at a constant 4,500 RPM. Now, remember, like I said, your automobile doesn't do that. It might, if you're some kid and you've got a, a manual transmission and a, and a hot rod, you might crank that thing up to 6,000 RPM before you finally shift the gears and so forth, but it's just there intermittently. And, in fact, if you held it there very long, it would probably float the valves, okay, and, and wouldn't run. So you've got to take this marinized engine seriously. It has a different camshaft in it. It's more or less almost like running a what we would call a racing engine around on the lake because it's got a, a system which is more designed for high performance than your standard car. So in the oil industry, they have a test that is used to test for these high-performance situations. It's called high temperature shear, okay, and the the idea is is to determine how well that oil is protecting at high temperatures and high RPM, and so you have to have a higher number in that category for an oil to be called a racing oil or to protect a marine engine that's running at constant high RPM, so when you buy that regular oil, which wasn't designed for that, and you put it in at those high RPMs that, that engine's running, there's a good chance that you're going to have constant cam wear. It's not going to protect the cam. Now, years ago, you could get away with it a little bit better because we had such high volumes of zinc and phosphorus in the oil. But today, for automotive engine oils, we've had to reduce that by the EPA standards. And so when you come over to a marine engine oil... We can still run high zinc, phosphorus. We can run high, good high temperature, high shear uh, ratings on the oil. And that's why we call it a true marine-grade oil. It needs to be a true marine-grade oil, not one that's just labeled that way. So I'm telling you, you can, get, you can be taken, pay extra money for something that doesn't exist. But the Amsoil makes some... Uh, 100% synthetic, high-performance marine engine oil. At very high, high temperature, high shear. And now the second thing you want in a marine engine oil is you want actual rust and corrosion control because always these marine engines, they're right on the surface of the water. They pull a lot of humidity into the engine. And so you have to be careful with that high humidity of creating situations which would promote rust and oxidation. So you want an oil that is rated high in its rust and oxidation resistance. And that's one of the things that you should see in a marine engine oil, that they should be able, if you go online and find their technical information, they should have great high temperature, high shear numbers, and they should have excellent anti-corrosion uh, ratings because uh, that's something you specifically need for an engine on the water and a high-performance, high-RPM engine. So to settle that question that is true is, yes, you do need to run a true marine engine oil, but finding one that is a true marine engine oil, you're going to have to be pretty pretty careful on And I will just tell you this. Sometimes you run out of looking and you might have to buy some marine engine oil that has the same 
name on the label of the oil that it has on the engine you're putting it in. Okay, I'd prefer you came and got an Amzo product, but in in all honesty, if you're having trouble doing that, you look and see if you've got a mercury uh, system, then mercury inboard outboard, and see if you can find some mercury oil that says that that's what you put in that engine because they know they need a marinized oil and they're the ones putting the warranty on it. So that's one way to do it. Uh, but do not put standard off-the-shelf automotive engine oil in your marine engine. And that's that's the end of that question, Bob. <laughs> Excellent. Let's move on to uh, Jack in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, Jack uh, sent us a note a little while back in This is what Jack writes. Why are so many of the newer cars calling for 20-way oil? Will it damage my car by using 30-weight oil? There's a lot of confusion about this. Yeah, we get this question all the time. And here's, we got a little time to answer, not much, but I'll hit it quickly. If you're going to use a 20-weight oil, make sure you use a high-quality synthetic. Okay, don't use anything unless you know it's a high-quality synthetic. And there's some different people that have them, but I would recommend either Amzol 0W20 or Mobile 0W20. Okay. Now, the reason for this is is that that 20-weight oil is getting really close to – you just can't even use anything unless it's synthetic in these engines. The engine's the thermostat of the car runs about 205. Oil runs 35 to 70 degrees hotter than the water thermostat temperature. So you're running oil 235 to 270. Petroleum engine oil as a 20-weight oil, its upper-level operating band is 240 degrees. So you can go past that really quick, and when you do, the oil is going to break down. It's going to oxidize easy, and it's going to lose viscosity protection. So you just can't do that. Run a high-quality synthetic, the Amzol 0W20, and you can exceed 300 degrees, and it's not even going to say out. Okay, now, run a 0W30 from Amsoil. It'll cover you, it'll give you better protection, and it'll never be a problem for your variable valve timing system that most of you guys have with those 20-weight oil applications. So important. Dan Watson at thelubepage.com. Thank you, Dan.